So there's a photo radar camera in Toronto making a lot of money for the city of Toronto, but it's not necessarily making the roads any safer. So what's the happy medium? We know how much construction there is in the city. We know how long it takes you to drive to get from point A to B. That doesn't make the mood any better when you're behind the wheel. But cyclists are worried about drivers that are late, that are cutting corners, that are ignoring some of the uh, rules of the road. And drivers say the same about cyclists. Can anything fix it? And why does a photo radar camera factor into this? All that next with our guest here. Let's bring on Albert Cole. He's an environmental lawyer and founder of Toronto Community Bikeways Coalition. Albert, it's Greg Brady. It's great to have you on Toronto today. Thanks for making the time. Good morning, Greg. I'm sure you saw some of the same reaction to this photo radar. It's like, okay, we get that the city needs uh, money. There's a budget shortfall and whatnot. But this concept has to be twofold. Yes, there has to be some punishment for speeding, but it's not necessarily fixing the problem, preventing people from speeding. You're per- well, you're precisely right that it's, it's not the solution. It's a step in the right direction. So, so I can say that as a road safety advocate, we certainly asked for the cameras to be installed uh, and for the legislation to be put in place. But it was it was only one of the steps. So it's a little bit like building a house and all you've got is a hammer. Uh, you're not going to achieve your goal. And it's the same thing with the speed cameras. If that's all you're doing, uh, then you you will likely have some impact in the school zone or community mm-hmm. safety zone where you allow, where you are allowed to place these cameras. But firstly, I mean, 75 cameras on a 5,400 kilometer road network is not much. But the more important thing is that we have to now consider this simply as a step. We know from the cameras that speeding is endemic in the city, given the number of tickets. We know that every increment in speed makes the likelihood of death uh, greater. So, you know, the difference for a motorist uh, driving 40 and 50 kilometers might not uh, be much, but for a pedestrian hit by that car, it can be the difference between life and death. So so the next step is, of course, uh, working on road design. That's a lot more expensive and it requires political will, but we know how to do it. So it is a choice. So for example, things like narrowing uh, motor lanes, narrowing roads, adding bike lanes, widening sidewalks. In other words, sending other visual signals to motorists, not simply a sign that says, uh, you know, there a speed camera is coming into this area. Uh, send visual signals to motorists uh, that they have to slow down by road design. So, so that's that's where we need to get to, and we're, where we're not at yet. Uh, we know mm. that by the uh, by the number of deaths that are not changing. Right. And Matt Elliott makes the point. I'll read from his column on Parkside Drive. It remains a high speed death trap with a highway like design that doesn't match its 40 kilometer per hour speed limit. So when that's the case, even if we have photo radar, we've got a scenario that I look at Albert and I say, well, cyclists are frustrated, but drivers are frustrated, too. It's not just about speed. You nailed it. It's about the design of the roads. Drivers can only stay in the lanes that are painted for them. Well, that's right. I mean, there is for sure, based on the studies, there's a localized impact. We know that e- even in Toronto, that people are going to uh, slow down and might take, a, you know, a, a ticket or two. For others, they might know where the tickets, where the cameras are and simply adjust their behavior. But uh, what we do, you know, if something looks like a highway, smells like a highway, you know, most <laughs> motorists are going to drive, unfortunately, like like it is a highway. And, and the other problem, of course, that we've never tackled is that you, you now have 
vehicles, passenger vehicles that are routinely over 300 horsepower. So so people have got all that power under the hood and it's uh, difficult to discourage them. So we, we definitely need to get to that point where we're starting, where we start to redesign roads. And these are roads, as you mentioned, I mean, these are roads built for speed, like in the 50s and 60s, you know, into the 70s, we widened roads, we added a, a lot of uh, Mm-hmm. Um, highways to funnel more people into the city. Uh, so now we've got to tackle that problem. It's a big problem. It takes political will. But the positive thing is we know how to make roads safe. We simply have to make that choice to say we value human lives. That's what our Vision Zero plan says. We value human lives over all else in the transportation system. We have to start mm-hmm. acting that way. The fortunate thing is we know how to do it. It's just a question of choosing to do it. Albert Cole is our guest founder of Toronto Community Bikeways Coalition. I'd bring up something some listeners are bringing up right now, listening to you. Not all cyclists are created equally. I, I'm hearing from cyclists right now who are happy to to take uh, a bike to work, but they wouldn't want their 16-year-old son or daughter riding on Toronto roads to go to school or riding to go to the movies. Those are problems that that we also have to tackle, don't we? To, it, it shouldn't be, well, the, only the really experienced cyclists can handle cycling in our city. Yeah, that's that's uh, precisely right. I mean, we want everyone to feel safe on the roads. That's whether it's uh, children cycling to school or, uh, you know, seniors going to the community center. We want everyone uh, to feel safe on the roads. And that's not the case. Like on Parkside, I mean, I've cycled on Parkside and uh, I I do it only for the experience. In other words, I know how dangerous it is. I want to see what it feels like for others. But it but it's just a road you're going to avoid. And uh, if we want to achieve our climate goals, if we want to achieve our road safety goals, if we want to achieve our health goals, we know what we need to do. And it's redesigning roads. That means adding things like bike lanes. It means at, you know, widening sidewalks and all of these other tools we have in the toolbox that we've yet to get to. Are there is there that happy medium right now? Do you think can we get to a better place right before the election? Uh, there was a lot of tension between drivers and cyclists in the city of Toronto. We haven't had city council sit yet. They'll go next week. But I know that a lot of people were advocating this candidate will be pro pro bike in the city. This candidate will be anti bike. They've never voted for things that make cycling safer. Do, when we with a new city council and with the same mayor, can we get to a better place? Well, we did see some improvements in the council in terms of uh, road safety. So our group, for example, we put out uh, 12, uh, sorry, three road safety calls to action that 12 councillors signed on to. And it does talk about um, more money for Vision Zero. It talks about reducing speed limits across the city. And it talks about reallocating road space. And that, that's really a key, reallocating road space to wider sidewalks, to uh, bike lanes. Um, so, you know, we can't have it all. That, that's mm-hmm. the point. So if we want a city where, where you know, where, where your loved ones are safe on the roads, if you want a city that's dealing with climate change um, and road safety, then we, we have to make those difficult choices. And right now, those difficult choices mean taking space away from the automobile and redistributing it to other more sustainable, healthier, happier forms of uh, transportation. So so it's I never see it as a question of, you know, cyclists are better than people in cars. The, the point is that in terms of how we get around our city, things like walking, cycling and transit are simply more suited uh, to our densely uh, populated uh, city and uh, and achieve 
all these other goals that we know we have to get to, such as climate, such yeah. as health, yeah. such as affordability as well. Absolutely. All that matters. And and Albert, I, I'm sure that both sides, if there are sides, drivers and cyclists, you look around Toronto right now, anybody that spends any kind of time commuting downtown, all you see is construction. All you see are orange cones. And yes, that's short-term pain apparently for long-term gain. But it affects drivers and cyclists. And there's a there's a real arbitrary nature, I find, to where these cones go or when they're up and when they're down. And and this is causing a lot of cyclists run out of roadway or drivers cut cyclists off, maybe not intentionally, but the cones are just telling them to go a certain way and they're not set up properly. Well, you've uh, hit the nail on the head and something that, uh, you know, we were pl- we're planning to sit down with the city on next week is that uh, the measures at construction sites that affect roads appear to be very haphazard. In some cases, uh, you know, there's a good provision for people on foot, people in wheelchairs, uh, people on bikes to get uh, through uh, construction sites. In other cases, it, it appears that no one's paid any attention to it. There's no monitoring. There's no follow-up. So so that's a big issue. If we're going to be a city that values these um, uh, modes of transportation, these healthy modes of transportation, we've got to put uh, some effort behind it. And we haven't seen it yet. We know the city can do really good, um, uh, make r- very good provisions at construction sites for all these groups I've mentioned, but uh, it's pretty haphazard and it's something we want uh, city staff and ultimately for council to deal with uh, energetically. Albert, thanks so much for the time. I really enjoyed the conversation. I hope we can chat again and uh, and move this ball forward. Thank you, Greg. Albert Cole is an environmental lawyer, founder of Toronto Community Bikeways Coalition. I, I think there's a lot there. Look, the photo radar camera feels here to stay municipally. Um, it's making a lot of money for the city. I'm sure there's people wondering, well, what does that what does that money go to at a certain point in time? When you're talking about one camera pulling in two hundred eighty thousand dollars a month, then you're just thinking, click, click, click. There, and there could be something about that road specifically that makes it so. It's it's a very difficult road to go slowly on. You saw what I saw earlier in the summer and early in the fall, I think, too, is cyclists getting ticketed in High Park. And their complaint was, well, two twofold, right? One, don't the cops have anything better to do, which is always the complaint, I think, when anybody gets a speeding ticket. But the second was, you're getting us coming down a hill. You know, like you're getting us, anyone who has had a speedometer on a bike I've done that ride to conquer cancer. There's a hill where you go in that first day down to Dundas. You look down and you're going like 42K an hour and you're like, this wasn't what I had planned. But if you hit the brakes, you're going right over the top. And they're saying we're getting tickets based on that.